0: And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. The day my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive. As I'm taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. As we head into the fall, I have encouraged you to set the right pattern with your family, put God first to be in church with your family on the Lord's day. The Bible says that when we are rooted and planted in the house of God, we flourish, we prosper. And we're receiving so many wonderful, wonderful testimonies. And so I believe that we're walking in miracles and I believe that if we'll gather, we'll worship the Lord with all of our heart, soul and mind, we'll see God move in our midst in a mighty way. And I know you think, well, Austin or pastor, they're selling being in church. We love you, we love the people of God, and we want you to walk in God's best. And if we put God first, so much trouble in life can be avoided. A few years ago, I noticed that there was a lady visiting church and she was here some, then wasn't here. And I always wondered why I didn't see them, didn't see the family in church. Well, later I was at uh, an event for Sophie, and was talking to her husband. And found out that the reason didn't see them in church is because on Sundays they're doing sports. And again, I know I'm we're not even gotten in the message, getting here into, <laughs> getting out here, getting into trouble. But I learned that day, well, the reason they can't come to church is because they chose as a family to do sports on Sunday. And somebody might say, yeah, but Austin, if if we do enough sports, then maybe a kid will get a scholarship. That's a whole lot of maybes. That's a whole lot of maybes. And so, of course, people head down that road. And I was heartbroken recently to find out from Jessica that now that couple, they're getting a divorce. And we, we just have to decide what's important. You know, I'm, I'm so happy to come to the volleyball games. You know, Michaela's not in the service, so don't tell her I'm using the Michaela as an illustration. You know, last year, elementary volleyball, it was pretty rough. But this year, it's so much better. I'm so proud of her and all the girls. Makes, makes me as a father really happy, amen. But there, there's no pressure from Jessica and I. She wants to play, doesn't wanna play. When she does well, it makes me proud, amen. When there's a challenging game, I'll tell her she can do better. But I know that if she'll put God first in her life, the Lord will provide for her every step of the way, including with college, including with higher education. So you have to decide who you're gonna put first. And you have to decide what you're going to put first and what you're going to prioritize. There are people that put work ahead of family, And that has consequences too. You've got to have your priorities straight. The Lord, your family, providing for your family, then everything else can get in line after that. So my challenge to you, and as you talk to people and encourage people, is to encourage them to put God first and just see what God will do. Turn your Bible to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17 You've heard my father and I say that Kenneth Egan Sr. would often say that people are defeated because they don't take God at his word and they don't apply the word of God to their lives. To that we add, people are defeated because they don't take action on the word they've already heard, and they're defeated because they choose their, their friends, their relationships, their associations in life poorly. It doesn't take a PhD to figure out we're living in the last days. And things out there in the world are getting darker and more evil. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul wrote that these days would be terrible times. You might say, Austin, is it going to get better out there? No, it's not. Because the Bible is true. And the Bible says that these days would be terrible times. Jesus said that as in the days of Noah, so it would be when the Son of Man returns. And if you'll remember the days of Noah were so wicked, God's solution was to send a flood. You might say, well, Austin, I saw it rain. You know, it's at night. I don't know if there was a rainbow or not. God made a promise. Yes, he's not going to judge again by water. He's going to judge again by fire. The Bible says that in these days there would be terrible times. And Paul described how wicked people would be in these days. And he prophesied that one of the characteristics of people in these last days would be that they would be ungrateful. Ingratitude is ugly. You know, the world considers all kinds of things ugly. We'll tell you what's ugly, and that is ingratitude. Ingratitude is ugly. Have you ever been a blessing to someone or gone out of your way for someone or done your best to be a help to someone and they've been ungrateful or they didn't even say thank you. They they showed no gratitude. They showed no appreciation. Well, when that happened, did you want to bless them more or did you want to bless them less? Did you want to do more for them or did you want to do less? Did you want to invite them over again or uh, unfriend them, never see them again? Well, how does our heavenly father feel when we're ungrateful, or when we we complain. How, how, when we're, we have a bad attitude, or we grumble, we complain, how does our Heavenly Father feel? Grumbling, complaining, being ungrateful. These are things that will hinder the blessings of God. Tell your neighbor, say, be grateful. Tell your other neighbor, say, be grateful. We, there was an old song we used to sing, and as... A part of that song, one of the, the lines, the part of the chorus said, give thanks with a grateful heart. And that, that's part of what we're doing on Sunday mornings when we gather with our families and we, we worship the Lord. We're, we're giving thanks with a grateful heart. And you might say, well, I'm believing for this or this hasn't happened yet. Well, we, we give thanks with a grateful heart for all that the Lord has done so far. And in that song, of course, the greatest gift is that he gave his son for us, but we also give thanks in faith in advance, believing God that great things are ahead, that miracles are ahead, that provision is ahead, that healing is ahead of us. Give thanks with a grateful heart. That's what they sang in Jehoshaphat's day when they faced an impossible situation. They sang First Chronicles 20, verse 21, tells us what they say. Excuse me, 2 Chronicles 20, 21. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. While he was in prison, Paul wrote in Philippians 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. How often? And you know, that's easy to do when everything is going just your way. On a day there has been good news. But we have to remind ourselves that the Apostle Paul wrote Philippians from prison. And in prison, he wrote saying, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. In Philippians 4 verse 6, he tells us to pray with thanksgiving. Well, if the Apostle Paul could pray with thanksgiving while he was in prison for preaching the gospel, surely we can pray with thanksgiving as we take the kids to school. Surely we can pray with thanksgiving as we deal with whatever's going on at work. You know, people with the good attitude, people with the bad attitude, whatever it is. Surely we, in the midst of our lives, can pray with thanksgiving. In Philippians 4, verse 8, Paul tells us to think about what is excellent and praiseworthy. Focus on the good, not on the bad. Focus on the positive, not on the negative, which is another way of saying... Be grateful, be thankful. In Philippians 4, Paul tells us that he has learned the secret of being content. We're faith people. Yes, we're we're believing God. And yes, there are goals and there are things ahead of us, but we're also thankful and grateful right where we are for everything that the Lord has done. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German pastor, said, "How, how can we believe God for the big things if we don't give him thanks for the little things. You might be in an apartment believing God for a house. Well, give thanks for having a roof over your head. Give thanks for having a place to live. Give thanks in advance for what you're believing God for. You might, might say, Austin, I, I'm not eating what I, I want to be eating. Well, well, give thanks that there is food on the table. Get, get, if you're married, give thanks that you're married. Give thanks for your husband or wife. Give thanks that you're, you're not alone. God has blessed you with children. Give, give thanks for those children. They're all different. They're all different. And some require more attention than others. You've heard pastors say that there are times of training and retraining. Give thanks. Tell your neighbors, say, give thanks. Give thanks. Tell your other neighbors, say, give thanks. You might say, well, what does this have to do with miracles? What does this have to do with receiving a healing? It has everything to do with receiving from the hand of God. Tell your neighbor again, say, give thanks. Give thanks. Tell your other neighbor, say, give thanks. give thanks. David wrote in Psalm 34, beginning in verse 1, I will extol, I, I will praise, I will magnify, I will lift up the Lord at all times. His praise will always beyond my lips. We have a big discussion going on in our family right now. Kids are getting bigger, need more room. I'm convinced that I've got to have something in my car where they they can watch something on a longer trip. My father says that's not necessary. I'm beginning to agree so I don't ever have to go to school or drop them off and watch, listen to Minnie Mouse on the way ever again. But it was nice doing an away game with Sophie recently and picking her up, driving her back, because we were able to not listen to Minnie Mouse, but praise and worship music the whole way back. Praise the Lord. I will, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my lips. Verse eight, David wrote, taste and see the Lord, he is good. You might say, well, there's this and there's that. The Lord is good. So what do we do? We give thanks with a grateful heart. The Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. I learned something going to Africa with my father and going on safari. And one time, we didn't go on an official safari. He rented a car in Nairobi, and took me on a Dr. Gene Lingerfelt safari, which meant driving you know, on this little tiny Toyota, driving right up to the lions and rolling the window down, saying, hey, look, that's cool. My mom was later horrified, took me down by the river. We, we got out of the car and walked down by the river so we could see the crocodiles. My mom was livid when she, she found out. Being in Africa, you learn something, though. The, the male lions, they don't do any of the work. They sleep, they hang around lazy. The female lions do all all the work. And so if there's a male lion eating, he he took that meal most times from a female lion that did all the work of catching that prey. My point is, if you see a lion and he's starving, it's not a grateful lion. It's not a thankful lion. He, He ran off who? He ran off the ladies in the pack and there's no one to hunt for him, no one to feed him. He's starving. He's not going to make it. Tell your neighbor, say, give thanks. Tell your other neighbor, say, have an attitude of gratitude. See, sometimes we get unhappy, we get dissatisfied, because we're focused on the wrong things. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, Godliness with contentment is great gain. And then Paul mentioned, if we have food and we have clothes, we ought to be be thankful. We ought to be grateful. So don't grumble. Don't complain. Don't be ungrateful. Whether you realize it or not, no matter what level you are at, you are more blessed than most people living on planet Earth. So be grateful. Have an attitude of gratitude. Rejoice always. Pray. Pray with thanksgiving because the answer is on the way. Pray with thanksgiving because our heavenly father hears us and he answers us. Pray, pray with thanksgiving because he delights in doing good on our behalf. Give thanks. And we learn from the New Testament that we're to praise the Lord at all times, not for all things, but in all things. We we don't, Thank God for what the enemy is doing. We don't thank God for stealing, killing, and destroying, but we praise him in all things. Know that he's good. Know that the Lord is wonderful. Know that if you put him first, you will lack no good thing. Now, in Luke chapter 17, we see the incredible power of obedience and gratitude. The power of obedience and gratitude. And as we've seen in this series, in these miracles and how people receive their miracles, so often Jesus often tells the person seeking a miracle to do something. You gotta do something. You gotta do something to, to change your life for the better. Got a message a few weeks ago, and some somebody in need, and every everything's falling apart. And I'm kind and I, I'm gracious, and I said I, I was understanding. But I said, you know, if you want to fix this, there are some things you're going to have to do. It is inescapable. And so often the Lord tells someone seeking a miracle to do something. And we're going to see a pattern in this passage that we have seen so many times, not just in this series, but a few years ago when we did a series on how to write your own ticket with God. But you see it in miracles in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And that is this pattern of saying it, doing it, receiving it, and telling it. Luke 17, beginning in verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And I love this about the Lord. He would often go to places that your normal, religious, devout Jew would not go. You read the Gospels, you find out that Jesus would often go on purpose to Jericho, which was a cursed place. But Jesus would go out of his way to go to Jericho and to minister to people in Jericho. When he talked to the woman at the well in Samaria, John specifically says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. I love that. He didn't take the quickest route. He didn't take the shortest route. He he would often go out of his way to minister to people that others considered to be outsiders or unworthy of the goodness of God. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. Leprosy was a horrible, contagious skin disease. And going back to the law, if you had leprosy, you were supposed to segregate yourself. You were supposed to live outside, away from the community. And these these men, by even coming near, they were putting themselves at risk. Because if people saw them, even from a distance, it would be typical in that day for people to gather rocks, to shout at them, to start throwing rocks, get away, go away. And leprosy and being uh, incurable, horrible, infectious, contagious skin disease, it ate away at the extremities of the body. And so it would eat away at the, the tips of the fingers and the toes. And then over time at someone's arms and their elbows, it would eat away at someone's ears and their, their nose. There's no cure in those days. No, no potential treatment or solution. And I love that in the Gospels that we see that Jesus, he would pray for the lepers, he would touch the lepers. In this instance, this miracle, he doesn't touch anyone, but he would go out of his way to minister to those who were considered to be outsiders, to those that were considered to have no hope. I want you to know that Jesus paid the price so you can be healed in your body. And you might say, well, Austin, I've gone, and they've told me there's nothing that they can do. There's no answer. Well, praise God, we know the great physician. You know, praise God, we live in the year 2023. Praise God, there's electricity. You know, and you think, I don't need electricity. Well, you sure did Friday night when those winds were blowing and the power went out. So praise God for electricity. Praise God for air conditioning. Praise God for the things that modern man and women can do, can treat, but there there are still situations that man can do nothing about. There are still things that people can face, and the only answer is, Almighty God. Jesus is the great physician. and Our Heavenly Father, He loves us, and He wants us to be well in our physical bodies. So know that whatever the challenge is, whatever the issue is, whatever the sickness or the disease or the infirmity, you can leave here today completely made whole. You know, Pastor was saying, and I think it was in the video during the offering, but, you know, there's an anointing here for debt to be paid off. There's all kinds of good anointings here. There's an anointing for prosperity here. You know, if, you, if you're believing God to have children, there is an anointing for having children here. Amen. 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 Even in situations, doctors have said that's impossible. Older, with the Lord, all things are possible. Say this, say, I believe, I, believe, I, receive, I receive my healing believe, now, now in Jesus' name. name. Say this, say, I believe, I, believe, I, receive, I receive the meeting of my physical need need. now Now. in Jesus' name. name. He loves us. He wants us well. He wants us to be well in our bodies. He wants us to have the dreams and the desires of our heart. So Jesus was traveling along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Verse 12, as he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. Again, if they got too close... People would have shouted and screamed, grabbed rocks, tell them to get away. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. So first, Jesus said it. He gave them instructions to follow. Go, show yourselves to the priests. Now, this makes no sense, not to the natural mind, Lepers were only supposed to show themselves to the priest after they were healed or cleansed, or any sign of that was gone from their body. And in fact, because this was infectious and contagious, if a leper who had not been cleansed went to present himself to a Levite priest, by doing so, they would be putting that priest at risk. But Jesus told them that they were to go and show themselves To the priests. Now, this makes no sense to the natural mind. Go show yourselves to the priests. And he said to them, he said for them to do that while they were still lepers. This makes no sense to the natural mind. But remember 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7 for we walk by faith, not by sight. We would say it this way we walk by the Word of God, not by sight, not by circumstances. We walk by the Word of God, not by Well, we can understand, or by the natural mind. We walk by the word of God, not by what we see with our physical eyes. Read that testimony, the young couple believing God for a house. See, when they heard in a service, give for the meeting of your need, and they they gave the $1,000 that they had saved up to another young couple believing God for a house, that doesn't make sense to the natural mind. But see, they they stepped out in faith, and they were led by the Holy Spirit, and God used that to bring a miracle about in their lives. And that's the way it works. We have to walk by faith and not by sight. You've heard my father say many times, he said he rehearsed it to the men yesterday at the power lunch at his table, that, that moving from three and a quarter acres to this property seemed impossible. And doing what we did seemed impossible. And borrowing $12 million to do phase one seemed impossible. And it's all paid off. It is a miracle of Almighty God. But see, what if, we, what if he had never done anything? Or what if that young couple, when they heard pastor that day, and the Holy Spirit prompted them to be a blessing to another young couple, what, what, what if they had not taken action? What if they had not What if they had not obeyed? What if they got negative? See, began, be thanks, have a grateful heart, have an attitude of gratitude. What if because of the news and everything going on, what if they just got negative? What what if they just said, we're never going to have a house, we're going to be paying rent forever? See, so often with the Lord, things are not hard. We just have to obey. We just have to be led by the Holy Spirit. We just have to step out in faith and cooperate. But it may not make sense to the natural mind. If you have to decide, am I going to put God first or I'm going to pay this or that? It may not make sense to the natural mind. See, but what the natural mind will tell you to do is to put the things of this world first. What the natural mind will do is tell you to put work ahead of your family. What the natural mind will tell you to do is put athletics ahead of being in church with your family on Sunday and think about all the trouble that the natural mind leads us to. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by the word of God and not by sight. So Jesus said it, go show yourselves to the priests. And this did not make any sense to the natural mind. Second step, you gotta do something. Tell your neighbor, you got to do something. Tell your other neighbor, say you got to do something. You know, all this athletics going on, you can tell that we're, we're in the midst of this. So That's why I'm using it as illustrations. I, 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 you know, put stuff on my phone. Jessica has an old school paper calendar and I think that's why she doesn't make mistakes. And so every day I just say, well, what's the plan? Who gets picked up when? Who's going where? Where are you going? Where am I going? That's all I need to know. But a lot of what's going on is practice. Why? So that they win. So that they succeed. Tell your neighbors, say, you got to do, do something. Tell your other neighbor, say, you got to do, do something. And I, I know that there are people and They have, you know, people talk about their allergies. Well, a lot of people have an allergy to doing anything. <laughs> they, they have an allergy to obeying God. But if you want your life to change for the better. If you want your circumstances to change, you're going to have to do some things. And it may not make sense to the natural mind. So Jesus said it, and then the lepers did it. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. I've encouraged you to get a Bible that's yours and to bring it, to market it, to highlight it, to underline it when you read to the Bible, read out of the Bible to your family to use your Bible because there are certain things you need to see in the word of God for yourself. And this is a good, good one to see and to, to write, to underline and to highlight. As they went, they were cleansed. Tell your neighbor, say, as they went. Tell your other neighbor, say, as they went. We can say it this way, as they obeyed, they were healed. As they did what Jesus said Do they were healed. As they took action on the word. You know, Jesus is the word made flesh. And anything that he says, it is the word. As they took action on the word, they were healed. As they went, they were cleansed. In the Old Testament, King Jehoshaphat and the people received their miracle as they went. As they began to sing and to praise the Lord. That's in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. They were surrounded by a large foreign army. The situation seemed impossible. And if you went by what you could see, you would say the situation looked impossible and the situation was impossible. But they asked the Lord what to do. Stop asking defeated people what to do. Stop asking unsuccessful people at work what to do. Stop asking people that aren't a blessing to their children what to do. Stop asking that skinny, lonely lion that looks like he's two seconds away from death what to do in life. Ask the Lord what to do. Ask his word what to do. Because that's the answer. They faced an impossible situation. And they asked the Lord what to do. And they received their miracle as they went. They received their miracle as they began to sing and to praise the Lord. The Bible tells us that their enemies turned on each other. Their enemies destroyed one another. That they didn't even have to lift a hand in battle. All they had to do was praise the Lord. It doesn't seem like a lot to ask to have the victory. It doesn't seem like a lot to ask to, to go from facing annihilation to collecting plunder for three days. And that's the miracle God did. As they went, as they began to sing in praise, their, their enemies turned on each other. The Bible says that they destroyed one another. There was so much plunder, it took them three days to collect it all. And you have to picture that. Great big battlefield. You show up, but the battle has already been won. You have all the spoils of war there, and it takes three whole days to pick everything up, to gather it up, and then to carry it home. And the Bible says that they then celebrated in a valley that they named the Valley of Praise. The Valley of Praise. The Valley of Praise. The Valley of Praise. Praise. You've got to stop living in the valley of discontent. The Bible says that godliness with contentment is great gain. You gotta, that's why Jesus said we're to have faith like a child. You know, our children are happy. If we, we eat at Taco Cross after church, they're happy. If we go to a nicer Mexican restaurant, they're happy. Why? Because they're children and they're just happy to be fed. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And so they praised the Lord in the valley, what they called the valley of praise. Paul said that he learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether, praise God, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in prison or free. He learned the secret of gratitude. And you say, Austin, what does this have to do with receiving from God? It has everything. It has everything to do with faith. It has everything to do with faith working and there being no hindrances. You gotta stop living in the valley of grumbling and complaining. And you gotta camp out in the valley of praise. You gotta stop living in the valley of grumbling and complaining, and you've gotta camp out in the valley of praise. Camp out the valley of praise And before you know it, you'll be living in the valley of victory. Camp out in the valley of praise. And before you know it, you will be living in the valley of victory. Everybody wants to use David as an example. But he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We walk with the Lord. And he is with us. He is for us. And so there may be a need. But the need is going to be met. There may be a physical challenge. But We're going to be healed, and we're going to be made well in our bodies. And then we're going to have a testimony. And then we're going to declare the goodness of God. They asked the Lord what to do. And as they went, as they began to sing and praise, God gave them the victory. They collected spoils three days, and then they named the valley the Valley of Praise. When were these lepers healed? As they went. When will you receive your victory? As you begin to sing and pray. Stop grumbling. Stop complaining. Start, stop talking about all that you've done and this and that. Begin to praise the Lord. Begin to worship the Lord. Begin to magnify the Lord. Stop magnifying yourself. Stop magnifying your woes. Magnify the Lord. He is the lifter of our head. When will you receive your victory as you begin to sing and praise? When will you receive your victory as you go, as you obey, as you do what Jesus says do, as you follow, like that young couple, the leading of the Holy Spirit? When will your answer come as you sing and praise? When will your answer come as you go, as you obey, as you take action on the word of God? When will you receive your miracle? As you sing and praise, as you go, as you obey, as you do what Jesus says do, as you take action on the Word of God. Jesus said it, and then the lepers did it. Luke 17, 14, go, show yourselves to the priests, and as they went, they were cleansed. And so the right thing to do is to obey God. The right thing to do is to step out in faith, to do what the word says do, or to follow, we first obey God's written word, then we're in church and God makes his word come alive to us, there's an idea, there's a prompting, there's a leading by the Holy Spirit, we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, that's when the miracle comes. And as they went, they were cleansed. So as they did what Jesus said do, as they made their way to go see a priest, that horrific, horrible disease disappeared from their bodies. And I don't believe that the Lord Jesus Christ would have left anyone disfigured. There was a Hollywood movie once and depicted Lazarus. Those people are all going to hell. And they depicted Lazarus in the days after he was raised from the dead, wearing his grave clothes still. That's Hollywood. You know, he stanketh when he came out. But I'm sure he took a bath. I'm sure he got cleaned up, which would require taking the grave clothes off, right? and Putting on a normal outfit. I do not believe that the Lord Jesus Christ would have left people disfigured. So you have to picture these lepers going. And as they go, the signs of that horrific, horrible disease disappearing from their body. And then you have to picture their bodies being restored. You have to picture fingers growing back. You have to picture ears being restored you have to picture a nose being restored as they went they were cleansed often god's instructions make no sense to the natural mind in luke 5 peter james and john had fished all night they caught nothing jesus said let down your nets for a catch that made no sense They they had been fishing. They had been fishing there all night. Let down your nets for a catch. Later, after his resurrection, when they went back to their former occupation, he told them to throw down their nets on the other side. That makes no sense. The boat was not that big. So the the nets are down on one side. There are no fish. How are you going to catch fish by throwing the nets on the other side? That makes no sense. And yet John records that that there were so many, they had a hard time getting the catch to shore. They had fished all night in Luke 5 and caught nothing. And Jesus said, let down your nets for a catch. It makes no sense. Yet in faith, Peter said to Jesus, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Say that, say, because you say so. And so that's my, my challenge to you today and this week. The Lord knows everything. He knows your every need. He know, You know. The Lord knows what he's been dealing with you about. And my challenge to you is to step out in faith and to do what the Lord has been putting on your heart. My challenge to you is to step out in faith and do this week what the Holy Spirit has been leading you to do. It could be to ask someone's Forgiveness. You might say, I don't want to do that. Well, your miracle's on the other side. It could be like that young couple to to be a blessing. You might say, I don't want to do it. Well, your blessing, your miracle's on the other side. It could be to get out of the boat, out of your comfort zone. You know, maybe the Lord's been leading you, putting on your heart to, to get a new job, a better job, to shop your resume. Get outside your comfort zone. Your miracle's on the other side. So that's my challenge to you this week. Whatever the Lord has been putting on your heart, the thing that when you you pray, you get quiet with the Lord, the thing that when you worship the Lord in the car or worship the Lord in the morning or we gather for church and worship, that, that thing that keeps coming back to you that you can't get away from. My challenge to you this week is to step out in faith and obey God. And you might say, Austin, it makes no sense. They had fished all night. They had caught nothing. Jesus said, let down the nets for a catch. It made no sense whatsoever. But Peter said, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And that ought to be our attitude. Because you say so. Because you say so, because you say so, because you say so. And you may not want to, but your attitude should be, Lord, because you say so. Success comes by obeying God. Success comes by first obeying his written word. Success comes then by following the leading of the Holy Spirit. So that's my challenge to you this week. Whatever keeps coming back to you, whatever he keeps leading you to do whatever he keeps prompting you with, obey God, step out in faith, throw the nets down again and just see what happens. Please bow your head. You might be here today and perhaps you've never given your life to the Lord. You've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and the Savior of your life. The Bible tells us that there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to be shunned, to be avoided. This world that we live in, it'll, lie to you. it'll tell you that there are many paths to God. It'll tell you that you can come up with your own path to God. It'll tell you that if you're just kind of good enough, that, that that is sufficient, that you'll be with God in the city of God someday in heaven. Friend, all of those things are lies. The Bible says that we have all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that we are all in need of a savior. The Bible says that there is one Savior. His name is Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. God loves you. God has a wonderful plan, a wonderful purpose, a wonderful destiny for your life. But it all begins by giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you that if you'll do that, everything will change. It'll change for the better. If you're here today and say, Austin, I've, I've never done that, but I want to. I need to. I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I want to give my life to him today. If that's you wherever you're seated. Raise your hand. Raise your hand to where I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. You might also be here today and at a time in your life, you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you know in your heart, not been living for God, you've been doing your own thing. The Bible says the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful. He is is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can leave here today knowing you have a new beginning. You can leave here today knowing you have a fresh start. You're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I, I want you to pray with me. I want to recommit my life. I want to make things right with God before I go. If that's you, wherever you're seated, raise your hand where I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. You might be watching or listening online now or later. Say, Austin, pray with me. I need to make things right with the Lord. Repeat this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins, and I give my life to you. I've gone my own way, and i paid the price. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You prayed that prayer now, watching online now or later. We wanna be a blessing to you. If You go to the address on the screen, we'll send you a copy, God's Very Own Child, short book written by my father, our senior pastor. It'll help you get started in living the Christian life. We realize you may not have a Bible, so we'll bless you with the Bible in English or in Spanish. And if you're here today and nervous to raise your hand after the service, see an usher See the wonderful people at guest services, they'll pray with you, they'll encourage you, they'll put some things in your hands take with you we want to be a blessing you can help us you know there are things that we know about but there's a whole lot we don't know about and I I don't need to know about everything because when my parents stand here I stand here we just need to lay forth what God puts on our heart so we don't need to know everything amen but when we when you talk to the people you know I think we need to be more we need to be more direct Because people are taking the things of God too casually. And in the meantime, the enemy is stealing, he's killing, and he is destroying. And there are marriages at risk. There are children at risk. There are families at risk. So I think when, as we all have opportunities, we need to be a little bit more blunt. We need to be a little bit more direct. And yes, we're to speak the truth in love, amen. But the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, I think the the truth spoken in love needs to be a little bit sharper. Because there are marriages at stake, there are children at stake, there are families at stake, there are jobs, there are careers at stake, and people are taking the things of God too casually. And meanwhile, the enemy is stealing, he's killing, and he is destroying so you can help us with that. Amen? And you know, we do our best as we have the opportunity. But people often know what we're going to say, and so they don't, they don't ask us. But they may ask you to speak the truth in love. But speak it with boldness. Speak it with conviction. Let that iron be sharpened. Amen?